to a new episode of AI Chats, a podcast series produced by the law firm of Haynes and Boone and lawyers from its AI and deep learning practice group to explore the exciting, ever-evolving, and occasionally controversial world of artificial intelligence. My name is Eugene Gorionov. I'm a partner in the Chicago office of the firm. I'm joined today by two of my colleagues, Dina Blixty from our New York office and John Bowser from our Washington, D.C. office. Today, for our latest episode, we are going to talk about legal tools that use AI. But before we get started, our standard disclaimer. This podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be legal advice and does not establish an attorney-client relationship. The topics we discuss are subject to change. Legal advice of any nature should be sought from your legal counsel. And with that... You know, to me, you don't always think about lawyers and AI in the same sentence. But, Dina, I have to ask, (laughs) does the legal industry use AI? So, Eugene, AI is used in many industries. I think every time I look at the news, another industry is using AI. And I think this week it was drones. But going to your question, uh, yes, legal industry does use machine learning and natural language processes capabilities of AI. And it does so to reduce cost, develop data-driven strategies, and, perform, and of course, perform mundane tasks that would otherwise be performed by attorneys. But the bigger question is why? So you said that people don't think about lawyers and AI in the same sentence. But surprisingly, the, stru- the structure of law is conducive to AI. For example, both AI and the structure of law look at historical examples to predict future outcomes. And here's why. AI uses something called the neural network, and that's trained on training data that's previous examples. In law, we're looking at past precedents. So we're looking at case law to determine the future decisions or the current decisions. Just like law, AI applies precedence to facts to issue or derive a conclusion. Also, both AI and law are logic-oriented methodologies. For example, if uh, I have X, then the answer should be Y. Well, that's a very interesting summary of how AI and the law are similar. But let's get a little bit more into the meat of things. John, let's talk about some examples of tools that use AI in, for example, transactional matters. Sure, yeah. So one of the most common um applications of AI is contract review and negotiation tools. In in contracts, there are typically a lot of standard terms, and many companies have thousands of contracts, if not more. The legal departments of companies can use AI and natural language processing tools um, to review proposed contracts. They can analyze them um, based on input terms. So I want to just uh, highlight here just a few um, differences between natural language processing and keyword analysis. Everyone is very familiar with keyword analysis. You go into Google and you type in uh, a word that you're looking for, or if you're looking for a particular document, you are searching for that word. That's a keyword analysis. On the other hand, natural language processing, it refers to the computer processing of human language. Natural language processing is an algorithm, and it's uh, reviewing words in the context of other words and phrases based on concepts, databases, and specific applications. Basically, natural language processing is designed to interpret words in context 
just like humans do when they read something. For example, natural language processing looks at how words are used in proximity to other words in phrases or sentences. By contrast, keyword analysis looks to, u- looks to the use of specific keywords. I'll give you a simple example. The quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog. This is a phrase that many of you will recognize from typing practice. Natural processing will recognize that the brown fox is the actor based on verb usage and the proximity of the term fox to the word jumped. Also, natural language processing will recognize that the lazy dog is the object of the sentence. A simple word search, on the other hand, for the words quick and dog will likely capture the sentence because it contains the words quick and dog. But remember, it's the brown fox who is the quick um, animal, not the lazy dog. Natural language processing is becoming increasingly common in everyday life. A few examples are predictive text, e.g. when you're doing a Google search, you'll often see words that are predicted. Um, On your phone, you see predictive text, email filters, smart assistants like Siri, Hey Google, Alexa, and language translation. Now, this all translates to legal tools as well. You can have contract review and negotiation using natural language processing, these types of tools. So the AI determines which portions of a contract are acceptable or problematic using natural language processing. It doesn't serve as a substitute um, for attorneys. So if you're a contract review attorney, you are not going to be put out of work, um, but it serves as a double check. And it it allows um, legal departments to really um, hone their efforts on specific portions of the contract because there are a lot of standard terms. Um, there are some startups that have built AI-based solutions. A few examples are LawGeeks, Clarity, ClearLaw. And just as an example of, of the widespread usage of these tools, there are a lot of large companies using AI-based solutions. Uh, just a few examples are Salesforce, eBay, Home Depot. The legal departments of these organizations, they use AI-powered uh, contract review services. So, uh, Dina, John just talked about using AI to analyze contracts. But when I think of a contract, I think of a very complicated, long sometimes convoluted document. How can AI help with that kind of contract review, contract performance, and so on? So I think your question is twofold, Eugene. Uh, In terms of contract review, what AI does, it summarizes the contracts, which is if, if you're looking at a really long document, AI uses its natural language processing capabilities to condense that contract to something that is more manageable and, of course, takes less time to review. Uh, Contract performance tools are something that's different. For contract performance, AI evaluates contracts that already have been drafted and signed. And it's forward-looking in terms that it looks at whether how the contract performed um, after it was signed and implemented. So it would Actually, it would do something similar. It would look at different terms and see which portions of the contract were successful and uh, which were not. Yeah, and if I could just add here, um, one of the key aspects of this too is it's harnessing big data. So a lot of organizations um, use a lot of tools to track various stages of contract performance. And the AI tools are able to use that big data and then compare them 
to the terms of contracts. Do uh, you guys have any examples that you can share with us? So one of the tools that is very heavy on A analytics is uh, Kira Systems. And uh, Kira Systems does actually both. It looks at, it summarizes contracts during the contract review stage. And then it also looks at contract performance, which is more business oriented than legally oriented. But the attorneys would know through business which terms of the contract were problematic. And this is not an endorsement, but I know that uh, two other tools that are widely in use are eBrevia and Seal Software. Well, look, this is all very interesting uh, from a contractual and transactional matter uh, perspective. But look, uh, Haynes and Boone, and I'm sure that a lot of our listeners uh, specialize in litigation matters. What about using AI for litigation tools? Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. Um, I primarily uh, practice in litigation, so I'm interested in what AI tools are, are available for litigation. Um, there are a number of natural language processing-based legal research uh, and searching tools from Westlaw and Lexis. Um, two examples are Westlaw Edge and Lexis Plus. These forms use natural language processing to uncover relevant law based on fact patterns rather than keyword searching. And another widely used tool is Case Text, which is an analytical AI-based tool for legal research. According to Case Text, over 4,500 law firms subscribe to its uh, natural language processing-based research tool. And then we have other types of tools which are uh, provide litigation prediction and analytics. With respect to litigation prediction, the idea is that the AI tools will be able to provide predictions on case outcomes. So you have machine learning models. They predict the outcome of a case based on the precedent, facts of the case, and prior outcomes. They can also predict um, emotion success for determining the likelihood of success for emotion based on data-driven assessments. And I'm going to give you a few examples. Two of the tools that I use a lot are uh, Docket Navigator and Lex Mahina. Lex Mahina is um, produced by Lexis. Both of these tools harness big data from courts and agencies around the country. And they not only give you access to case filings, but they also, more importantly, provide analytics. For example, suppose you're interested in pursuing a summary judgment motion before Judge Smith in a particular jurisdiction. You can really drill down Um, for all of Judge Smith's cases. And not only look at his cases, you can also look at motions for summary judgment before Judge Smith and drill down on those motions and figure out which ones were successful, which were unsuccessful. And then you can learn why to help you develop your strategy. Other tools provide analysis that identify the strongest outcomes. Uh, Two examples of that are Ross Intelligence and Case Techs. We also have some tools for litigation funding. It's a little bit related to litigation prediction analytics, but litigation funding tools, they're supposed to identify cases up front uh, of the likelihood of success. And the idea behind this is it will give the potential funders a a more data-driven assessment as to the likelihood of success and whether it makes sense to invest in that litigation. Um, One of the tools in this area is called Legalist. 
John, thank you for the context on general litigation analytics uh, and funding decision analytics. But like in my experience, litigation includes many time-consuming, high-cost phases, anything from um, discovery to witness prep and so on. And when you look at discovery, it I mean, this is a very broad field where you're talking about document collection, term identification, custodian filtration, document production and processing. Um, Are there any AI-driven e-discovery tools that you can tell us about? So, Eugene, um, e-discovery vendors have been using AI tools for quite some time. It's just that typically it's not very obvious to attorneys. So typically, during e-discovery, attorneys submit submit keywords, and they still continue to do that. But in the background, the tools themselves run on AI. Uh, John previously gave us an excellent description of what natural language processing is. And what the e-discovery AI tools do, they look at the meaning. They look at the keywords and they look at the meanings around them. And then they return the, the documents um, that fit the, uh, the keywords, but more through the natural language processing solutions. And where attorneys can see that is in the increased accuracy of the documents that come up through e-discovery. Well, John and Dina, maybe let's take this on a personal level. Do you use AI tools in your practice on a daily basis? Uh, Dina, let's start with you. So, Eugene, a lot of attorneys actually use AI tools without realizing it. For example, every time an attorney uses a Google search, uh, Google search now is AI-driven. But in terms of my practice, and I'm a patent attorney, I use a tool called NLP, NL Patents. And what this tool does, it uses natural language processing to come up with the search results that are more relevant to the, to the patent that I'm looking at, or even to a particular claim. How about you, John? Yeah, I'm in the same boat there. I, I, I'm a patent attorney as well. And I use NL Patent a lot um, for patent searching. Uh, just one of the advantages, sort of, sort of set the stage here. One of the advantages to uh, AI-based tools is I can get instant search results. Um, what I can do is, if there's a particular issue, I can input um, the information about the claim and also some background information. And there's an AI tool that finds the most relevant prior art, and I get the results instantly. Now, if I were to, to go out and try to find art, prior art based on that particular claim, it might take a week or two, um, you know, depending on the searcher. So what's great about the AI tool like NL Patent is that you have the instant search results. Um, it still requires the attorney to have to sift through those results, but most of the results are directly on point, and you can always refine them after you get your initial search results. That's one of the, the key tools I use. I predominantly use the litigation analytics tools uh, on a daily basis uh, from Docket Navigator and Lex Mahina. Well, so it sounds like using AI in the legal industry carries a lot of benefits. I mean, first of all, it's very efficient because it gives you the results you're looking for much faster, so uh, less taxing on your time. But it also sounds like it carries significant cost savings for clients. Uh, With those thoughts in mind, How's the legal industry overall doing on adopting these tools for its general day-to-day production? And I'll open the floor to both of you uh, for your opinions. 
So my opinion is, Eugene, that the adoption will typically be slow. And this is especially true for AI tools where there is a learning curve for an attorney. Because every time an attorney needs to start working on a project, they don't want to learn a tool. They're just anxious to begin working. On the other hand, um, for AI tools such as eDiscovery, where AI is in the background, uh, the adoption may be quicker. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that the legal industry tends to adopt new technologies a little slower. Um, I am eager to adopt many of these tools. Um, perhaps some of the IT departments of uh, legal organizations may not be as quick to adopt them, but I think a lot of this is going to be adopted uh, in the near future, and it may be based on demands of clients um, because they want you to use more AI tools be because of their efficiencies and uh, cheaper costs. Well, so here, let me ask you this. Again, I open the floor to both of you. Um, do you have any ideas on how we can encourage um, the legal industry to adopt faster, aside from the client considerations that John just talked about? Uh, one thing I think that AI vendors can do is start with law school, right? And Lexis and Westlaw are great at doing that, where they teach stu students in law school how to use their tools, right? If AI vendors do the same thing, then you have law students coming out of law school that are already familiar with the tools and how to use them. That way, they don't have to waste their time learning the tools once they're attorneys. I completely agree with that. And I think it's important also to teach the more junior attorneys about these tools, and they can then show the more senior attorneys uh, how beneficial they are. Dina and John, I really appreciate your time this afternoon. Uh, thank you for attending, and thank you for your insights into the use of AI tools in the legal industry. Uh, and with that, any final thoughts before we close out our podcast? Uh, thank you for listening. And thank you to our guests and listeners for joining us on this episode of AI Chats. You can find today's episode and future ones on the major podcast platforms such as Apple, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Amazon. Our podcasts and relevant articles about AI topics are located at the firm's AI and deep learning practice page, which can be found in http www.hainesboon.com. Our practice page also contains contact information for all the lawyers in the practice group. Please feel free to reach out to any of us if you'd like to suggest topics for further AI chats episodes. Take care, all. <laughs>